The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Aiken. I'm the host of the Unfiltered podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Stephanie Newberg. She is a licensed psychotherapist working with individuals, couples and families. She has been in practice for more than 25 years, specializing in family and couples therapy, bullying, grief and loss, parenting support and the implications of divorce on children and families. In addition, Stephanie is a trained family and divorce mediator, co-parent counselor and has received intensive training in sand tray play therapy for adolescents and children. In this episode, we delve into the complexities of co-parenting with the narcissistic individual. From irresponsibility and maintaining public image to power struggles and inconsistent parenting and much more, we explore the different challenges one might face when co-parenting with a narcissist. Let's get started. Hi, Stephanie Newberg. Thank you for joining me today. It's nice to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today, and I'm really looking forward to being a part of this podcast and helping people who are dealing with very, very difficult issues that are confusing and hard to reconcile on their own and really need some support, help, and tips on how to deal with these very complicated and difficult issues that we're going to be addressing today. Yes, I'm I'm also excited about this topic. This has been uh, requested a lot because it's like you said, such a difficult thing and um uh, let's get started with it then and the first so today we are talking about co-parenting with a person with narcissistic traits. So the first challenge one might face when co-parenting with a narcissist is irresponsibility. Stephanie, can you please give us a detailed example of how iris how irresponsibility could manifest in a co-parenting situation? Sure. Um, yes, this is actually something that is very difficult to deal with. It creates confusion. It creates um, you know a lack of knowing how to handle this, and um, definitely is something that people will deal with if they're dealing with a person who does have narcissistic traits. Irresponsibility can look like a lot of things. It can look like a parent who um, doesn't follow through with things. So for instance, if they've been asked to, to participate in um, deciding about activities, or if they've been asked to participate in attending school conferences, or getting certain medications for their child, or for um, following up on creating, you know, um, activity, uh, like play dates or um, social activities for their children, they say they will do it and then they don't do it. So it's this lack of follow through. It's this um, saying one thing and doing something differently. It's um, looking like um, the person is planning on being an active participant in your world with your children and then not, not following through and not being consistent. And so this can, uh, you know, create a lot of upheaval, both for you and for your children and for what you're trying to accomplish in your family life so that things can be more organized and more planned and more settled. 
So the irresponsibility and the erratic behavior, the saying some, one thing and doing something else manifests itself in a lot of chaos sometimes and lack of ability to be able to plan and have consistency for your child or children. For instance, as I talked about, you know, it manifests in all these different levels. But if, for instance, we're talking about being involved in school and, and, and being involved in parent-teacher conferences, for instance. So it's sending, you know, making sure that you're both on the email exchanges, making sure you both have access to the teachers, to the schools, to all the things that are happening and reaching out to that co-parent and saying, okay, I'll see you later today at this meeting. And, um, and then that person not showing up, then coming back to you, lashing out to you saying, well, you didn't give me the right information or it's all your fault or that you want to be overly involved or you're the one who's dominating this or you want to make all the choices for the child and them not owning their own responsibility, their own accountability and not participating or not showing up or forgetting themselves or not, um, you know, not participating the way they should, and then twisting it around and turning it around to make you feel like you're the one who created the problems, that it was your fault, that you didn't do what you were supposed to do, that if you had only done something differently, they would have participated or been there or been more actively involved. Mm, yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> then I, I was thinking one one other example that came to my mind. Is this also an example of irresponsibility if the co if the narcissistic person basically, for example, if they want to go party on a weekend, they just go. It doesn't matter if they have children uh, during that weekend and they just they're basically just very irresponsible when it comes to like overall in parenting. Yeah, absolutely. Or just assuming that um, that the other parent might take over or might be available when they ask to switch the schedule and just making their their plans and their issues are much more important than anyone else's. And just assuming that that parent will drop things for their child if they need them to, or assuming that other people will be able to pick up the pieces or be there for the children in the way that they should be there. Mm, mm, yeah like taking spontaneous trips or staying out really late or partying late or or you know going out and drinking with friends and then not coming home when they said they're supposed to mm, yeah thank you that those were great examples and great explanations of them then then we have uh, another challenge one might face when co-parenting with a narcissist is public image and what we mean by public image here is that narcissistic individual individuals uh, may prioritize their public image over the well-being of their co-parent or their children so stephanie can you please give us a detailed example of how public image could manifest in a co-parenting situation sure yes this idea that they want to present to the world in a certain way that's definitely not congruent or true to who they really are or that they're so caught up in that image that they don't even realize that they might not even realize they're incongruent. They might feel that their image is really who they are, even though the people around them who are close to them and the people who have been involved with them or in an intimate relationship with them have really seen another side that's not actually the way they present. So it's they would maybe go to, you know, um, a public outing or, you know, maybe go to like a soccer tournament with their children and they present as really like involved and caring and into the soccer game, but really, truly, they've never really gone before this. They don't participate in any of the behind the scenes things. They don't participate in paying for any of the equipment. They don't really know the schedule. They've never really talked to the coaches, but they 
present at like a public outing or a big soccer tournament is that they care and that they're involved and they're there and they really want to be there when they haven't done anything behind the scenes to really show that they care. They do the things that really matter behind the scenes to really bolster and support the child in private. Mm, yeah. And why why is this so frustrating? What is your opinion? Why? Well, because it it really makes it difficult for the more healthy co-parent to depend on this person, to have this um, you know, team approach, to have somebody else who helps them with things. The the other co-parent just has to pick up all the pieces, do all of the details, pay for everything ahead of time, take care of everything behind the scenes. And then that other person just sort of steps in at the very end and presents this front of, you know, they have this certain, you know, persona that people think is so charming or so um, likable or so warm and so, um, you know, involved in a way that they absolutely aren't. And the other parent has been picking up the pieces, doing all the behind the scenes work, doing everything themselves um, to get to this place. And then the other parent seems to want to take all the credit for it when they really haven't done much. That's what I think really gets very difficult. Um, or that they present a front to people, to other professionals in their life or to the courts or to other people to sort of create, you know, something that's really not true, that can be very detrimental to the parent, to the other parent who has been doing all the right things. Mm. Does some particular example of this uh, public image and co-parenting uh, come to your mind that has to deal with the court? Yeah, so they want, a lot of times this manifests in, in wanting more custody time, which is not necessarily a bad thing sometimes. Sometimes it is, you know, detrimental, sometimes it isn't. But presenting to the court that they're a certain parent or person that they absolutely aren't, that they've been more involved, they've been more hands-on, they have been more contributory, that they've had a different kind of relationship or, or um, you know, experience with their children or child in the past that they really haven't. And that they're doing this to either gain monetary gain from the courts or, you know, custody time or custody support that they want to not, they want to either have more of or less of, and that they are able to present this persona that's really not accurate or true. And it's very difficult for the person who, the other parent who's watching this, participating in this, a part of this to actually see that what they're saying isn't necessarily honest or true or genuine to the, the situation. And that and that's a really hard thing, especially if that parent is a narcissistic parent is very convincing and gets their way or gets the outcome that they they wanted because they know how to manipulate things. Mm, yeah, thank you so much. A great example again. Um, then we have another challenge one might face when co-parenting with a narcissist is power struggles. Stephanie, can you please give us a detailed example of how power struggles could manifest in a co-parenting situation? Sure. Um, either whether it be, um, again, making decisions about the child or wanting things to be a certain way or wanting a certain schedule for the child or wanting to take a child on a trip, um, they, they really gain a lot of self-esteem by feeling like they, quote, win. And so what happens is, is they create scenarios where it becomes a win-lose thing, or they try to make it, they want to one-up somebody or make somebody else feel badly about themselves to make themselves feel better, that they they insult or put down or, you know, try to create a hierarchy where they're better than other people. And, um, and that, that 
it's really important to try as the other person to not get involved in that. Let not let them sort of succeed in that way. Turn things into a place where you're talking at a more lateral level, a more sort of um, equal level with someone and try not to let it become a power dynamic in which, because they are going to want to push that and push that and engage and try to win. And this is not about winning or losing. Your kids will never benefit from uh, ongoing entrenched conflict or battle between the two of you. Anything you can do as the other parent to bring this to another level or try to get into, look, this is not about us having to win or lose over something. This is just about us trying to create a solution or trying to create a plan going forward that we can, that our children can benefit from. Let's be as focused on the children's needs as possible. Let's just talk about what the kids need and let's get it away from the, per, the way we feel about each other. Mm, yeah, thank you. Um, then we have the, another challenge one might face when co-parenting with a narcissist is inconsistent parenting. Stephanie, can you please give us a detailed example of how inconsistent parenting could manifest in a co-parenting situation? Yeah, so um, a parent who, you know, on one hand, again, wants to have time with the child and sometimes is there and present and sometimes not, that maybe they'll leave the child with a babysitter too much and then sometimes they're around or sometimes they prioritize a new romantic relationship over the child. And, you know, again, it's this idea of sometimes they're available to the child and sometimes they're not, or they say that they'll be available. They act like they're caring and involved and talking about a topic. And then all of a sudden they're, they don't engage anymore. They don't want to hear the end result or they don't want to hear the final discussion or they don't want to hang in there and have a full conversation around an issue to its conclusion. Um, they, they look like they want to be involved and they say they will be, but then they become inconsistent with it, that at some level they are involved. And then, then as time proceeds or as other things intervene in their life, they lose interest or pull out or don't follow through um, and don't bring to conclusion a topic or an issue that's important for the child or children involved. Mm. Is it also an example of inconsistent parent parenting if there are, for example, certain rules that would, you know, boundaries for the child? And so, for example, you as the more healthy parent try to maintain those boundaries. I don't know. It could be like, uh, you know, only one hour screen time uh, for, mm -hmm. the, for the child. And then the more the narcissistic uh, other parent like doesn't you know follow follow with that like every time the child is uh you know uh, with them they can you know play whole day and it doesn't matter is that also inconsistent parenting yeah yeah that would be inconsistent or that sometimes or they would say to the the you know the healthier parent yes i will abide by that and sometimes they will and then sometimes they won't if it doesn't suit their needs or they have other things that come up or other things that interfere or something they want to do for work or something they want to do for fun or if they're involved with somebody else then all of a sudden that won't be important anymore to follow something that they have agreed to in the past that they have acknowledged is important to them and then they'll sometimes do it and they sometimes won't yes mm -hmm. okay yeah thank you um then we have another challenge one might face when co-parenting with the narcissist is negative impact on children Stephanie, can you please give us a detailed example of how negative impact on children could manifest in a co-parenting situation? Well, I think it's all the things that we've talked about right now. So that 
what it winds up looking like is parents entrenched in conflict, parents not being able to communicate, parents not being able to be quote on the you know united behind the scenes, parents giving mixed messages, them hearing you say negative things about the other parent, them feeling very pulled or um, very much in the middle of the situation of not knowing who to be loyal to, of not knowing who to really listen to. Um, they get conflicting messages. They get they hear bad things about the other parent. They feel that they have to pick sides the children. Um, they feel extremely torn about what the reality is because they hear different realities from the parents about what's happening. Um, they feel, you know, that there, when there is inconsistent parenting, they don't really truly know where, how the parent feels about them because they don't get this consistent caregiving. So they get mixed messages and it starts to affect their self-esteem and their feelings of self-worth because they don't know really where they stand or how, how prioritized they are. Um, and it really affects their future relationships, their ability to trust, their ability to feel comfortable being intimate, their ability to know how to manage conflict, their ability to know that conflict can be natural and important, but they don't have the skills or they don't have the modeling to see how that works out. Um, they also get taught that, you know, that their needs aren't the most central. And then when they become parents, they don't really know how to meet their children's needs either because they didn't have that for themselves. So these are all just some of the, you know, ways that kids get really badly affected by this. Mm, yeah, serious consequences for sure. I'm thinking, what if, uh, like, if you as a healthy parent and um, you are the one who is always consistent, and you are the one who is able to, for example, avoid these power struggles and, um, you know, you are able to meet your child's needs. So the child only experiences kind of this inconsistent parenting when they are with the narcissistic parent. Is that going to shield the child from from most of the harm that you just, you know, described? Well, I think it, I think, yes, it can. I mean, having a healthy parent who you can really depend on, who you know takes the higher ground, who really puts your needs first, who's really focused on you, who's not trying to constantly be, you know, engaging in conflict with the other parent, who's not trying to, you know, engage in the power struggles and trying to defend themselves all the time. So if you take the high road, if you be the parent that you feel really strongly that your values lead you to, or the way you were parented that you think is healthy and important, this will over time mediate and um, help with the situation because kids will start to see what the reality is. They'll start to see where they're safe and secure and they'll start to see, you know, how things should be done in a way that is healthier and, you know, better for their future development and resilience. Mm, okay, thank you. Um, then we have, Another challenge one might face when co-parenting with a narcissist is financial abuse. Stephanie, can you please give us a detailed example of how financial abuse could manifest in a co-parenting situation? Sure. Um, this is probably a very typical and um, probably one of the most common ways that it does manifest. Uh, it manifests in not paying child support, in not paying, in reimbursing the other parent for things that were already agreed on, whether it be co-pays for therapy or co-pays for medical appointments or dental appointments or all the other things that children need for their caretaking and their well-being. It manifests in um, 
withholding money and then not then not being the child not being able to do certain things. Um, it manifests itself in not being able to sign your child up for a camp or a private school if that's something that's important to you that you both have agreed on previously. Um, it manifests in all different ways that children need things. Um, it manifests itself in maybe not being able to buy clothing or shoes or you know basic necessities that the child needs. And so it, it creates a lot of upheaval, chaos, um, and it puts the parent who's not getting the money back or the money for it that they were originally agreed upon, puts them in a very difficult position. And we don't want parents to have to share with their kids why or how they're not able to do certain things, but it does sometimes put a parent into a position where they have to be honest and open about the fact that we can't afford certain things. And even though we wouldn't want to say it's because your mom or dad didn't give me the money, you know, sometimes it leads to having to be upfront about that. And then that further gets the child into um, a more difficult position of knowing too much or being included too much, or then feeling, you know, certain feelings towards the other parent because of it. And it then creates a really negative cycle for the child to be, again, in the middle of terrible conflict and feeling very torn and upset about what's going on behind the scenes when they shouldn't be involved in that to begin with. Mm, okay. Thank you. Um, so would you say that if you if the parent is in that kind of situation that, you know, the, the truth is that they cannot afford of doing something because the child support never came to the bank account that you would still say it because that's the truth, despite it you know, putting the child in a quite, like, you know, very, like you said, getting too involved and being in this very conflict, conflicting situation. Yeah, I mean, I would want you to do everything you could to avoid sharing it with the child. You could say things like mom and dad are still working out the finances behind the scenes and we haven't, you know, quite gotten to a place where we have the means right now to be able to get this. I mean, I'd want you to do that as much as you could. But if you got to a situation where it was just untenable because this person continued to not follow through with their responsibilities and didn't pay and didn't, you know, give you what you were had agreed to ahead of time that you deserved and what you needed, at some point, you probably are, if the child is old enough to, you know, understand that, meaning like probably if they're like 11 or 12, you're going to have to be somewhat honest with the fact that I haven't gotten the money that I need to be able to afford this. But before that age, I don't think you should be telling the parent, the child that because I don't think they understand it or have the developmental ability to understand it. But you wouldn't do everything you can before you get to that really desperate place of we haven't agreed on it. We don't have the means right now. Mom and dad are still working behind the scenes to get the money that we need to be able to do this. And as soon as we have this worked out, then you'll be able to get what you need kind of thing. That's what I would recommend first, but sometimes you do have to get to a point if it goes on and on and it becomes so entrenched and so difficult, you sometimes are going to have to say what the truth is. Mm, okay, yeah, uh, makes sense. Mm, then, yeah, I, I remember I heard one example of this financial abuse in a co-parenting situation. Uh, the very first things that you mentioned was that not paying the child support and one example that I heard, I have heard is that they pay the child support late around holidays, for example. So you can't get mm -hmm. a, you know, Christmas gifts, for example, if you, you know, yeah. need, need part of that money to that. And yeah, just one example. Yeah, yeah definitely. That, 
that can unfortunately happen that people are using that as a way to punish you or to put you in a bad position. And what they don't realize is, is that it's ultimately affecting the child that most of the time in these situations, the person or the people that are being the effect the worst affected are the kids. And one of the things that really concerns me sometimes is when parents who are in these situations say that I'm okay with this conflict, I can handle it with my ex co-parent. Um, and I say to people, that's not good to be able to handle this conflict. You shouldn't, you shouldn't want to handle it. It shouldn't be something that you can handle. You should want to do everything you can to get out of this conflict because the only person and people it's really ultimately going to affect are your children or child. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Stephanie. I think today we had, um, you know, great overview about the different challenges that one might face when co-parenting with the narcissist. So I want to thank everyone for listening and thank you, Stephan Stephanie, for coming to this, uh, coming to talk about these things today. And uh, yeah, it's it's really appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. I do a lot of this work. I work a lot with high conflict cases and with parents who are in these scenarios. And I'm really happy to be able to share some of this knowledge and information to help people who are dealing with a very, very difficult situation. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.